Good afternoon, everyone. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty360. Hope everyone's happy, safe, and well today. I want to welcome you back to another edition of our Loyalty360 Leaders and Customer Loyalty series. In this series, we talk to the leaders in customer channel and brand loyalty about what they're seeing on the front lines. Uh, today, we had the pleasure of speaking with Josh Bookman, who's the Senior Director of E-Commerce and Guest Engagement at Checkers and Rallies. Uh, which combined between the two entities, they have more than 900 restaurants. So Josh, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to share our experience. Absolutely. Uh, first off, can you tell us a little bit uh, more about yourself? Uh, maybe a fun fact about you, something you like to do uh, in St. Peter's, Florida, potentially, and all that you do at uh, Rallies and Checkers. Yeah, definitely. Um, so been with Checkers and Rallies for coming up on four years, uh, originally from Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska, of all places, but have found my way to some really fun places uh, through the restaurant business. Uh, fun fact about me, um, I love to ride my Harley. I don't know, I'm a motorcycle guy. So that's how uh, one of the benefits of being in Florida, you get to be outside. Um, so when I ride my bike to work, I get to, I get to lead the teams uh, they're responsible for e-commerce and loyalty and uh, overall guest engagement at Checkers and Rallies. So anything from website to email to mobile app to rewards programming to delivery and order ahead. Um, I like to think of it as the fun part of the business because it's growing so quickly and it requires a ton of innovation. So super fortunate to have been given the responsibilities there. Um, and we've seen a lot of success, uh, especially over the last year, which has been fun. That's awesome. Can you also give us like a short history on checkers and rallies, kind of what you guys do, how you do it? Uh, I've seen them, very familiar with them, but for someone who may not know about what you guys do and how you do it, it'd be good for know, to know that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And in, in fact, I was one of those people that wasn't super aware of the brand uh, until coming to work for them to be super transparent. Um, very regional in nature, really strong in the Southeast and on the East Coast. Um, we're really starting to expand in California and Texas, which is getting us a nice West Coast footprint. Uh, but long story short, uh, we were founded on the idea of keeping it simple, burgers, fries, and cola. Um, we're unique in the sense that a vast majority of our units have no form of dine-in. Um, there are a few in some of the bigger cities, but we were created with the idea of making drive through super simple, super fast. Um, and what you'll notice is we actually have two drive through lanes in the majority of our locations. So when you think about the idea of contactless, uh, payment, contactless, food ordering, uh, we were really set up for success, um, you know, fortunately and unfortunately during the pandemic and kind of having to deal with a lot of that. So um, we're known for our famous seasoned fries. That's why people love us. They talk about us um, and, and, and they'd love that part about our brand. Okay, uh, great. So you kicked off this new year with the launch of a mobile app and a rewards program. Can you tell us a little bit about each and kind of the reasoning behind them and how they came to be? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the big focuses for us in the last couple of years is just the restaurant industry as a whole has this trend of being terribly behind when it comes to technology and innovation. Uh, and we do a lot of catch up when it comes to comparing us to like a retail space, um, for example. So the last couple of years, we've been super focused on convenience. Um, and the, the first phase of that was really delivery and order ahead, which set a super solid foundation for us to start focusing on the mobile app and rewards program. So um, obviously, as the pandemic hit and share of guests became super important, um, everyone in the industry was relying on their rewards or their loyalty program to help drive, engage, and, and change guest behavior, trying to capture as much spend as possible when there wasn't a lot out there. Um, we found ourselves in a position where we did not have one. We were relying heavily on third-party ordering. 
Um, it's great because there's a lot of reach. The hard part is you don't get a lot of guest information. They don't share that with you. So um, Francis Allen, our CEO, came to me and said, um, hey, we need a loyalty app and a rewards program by the end of this year. Let's, let's make it happen. And so in a matter of four months, we launched a, re a rewards program uh, in a mobile app powered by Patronics. And we're, we're starting to, uh, to enter that foray. But the idea is, how many people can I get to come into my restaurant? How can I change behavior? What's my addressable audience size? And how quickly can I make an impact to the business, especially when we need to, uh, to move the needle? Okay, great. And it's interesting. We, uh, we have a lot of restaurants who are members of Loyalty 360. We actually had one a couple last year they were looking to launch and they didn't launch a loyalty program. It's an interesting discussion I had with uh, one of their suppliers today, just that they didn't go forward and kind of where they are. And uh, it seems like a very opportune time to do that because you know, getting a uh, closer relationship with your customers, as you mentioned, is more important now than ever before. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, I, I'm not sure the context of the conversation, but, you know, the long-term return seems, the finances behind it always seem to come up as a conversation. You know, how much are you having to discount that guest to get them in? Um, we're seeing a bit of a silver lining in addition to the actual rewards component. We've been surprised by the volume of e-commerce coming through our mobile app. Um, it almost doubled our direct orders immediately once we launched. So that was that's helping our financial viability a little bit more, uh, but totally understand. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so uh, seamless ordering, the third-party delivery system seem to be an important uh, uh, application or uh, you know, area of interest for consumers. Um, and, but it can be a challenge too with the uh, retailers and, and uh, QSRs and restaurants because that, that final mile, who owns delivery, who owns the customer at when? You know, how did you go about doing your research into what you wanted to you know, do in the app and, and how do you balance some of those uh, third-party relationships? Yeah, um, I think there, there's two ways I'd answer that. First and foremost, when we think about anything e-commerce or guest engagement related, um, it, it has to be 100% integrated. Ease of operations is number one for us. So when we looked at third-party delivery, we would not partner with anybody that couldn't fully integrate into the point of sale system, uh, specifically Olo, who helps facilitate that. Um, and the same thing was our, it was the same focus for rewards. How can we make this super easy for our operators and our guests to understand? Um, we went through a series of four different consumer insight surveys to really nail down what, what the checkers and rallies guests wanted to see in a mobile app. Um, and that literally became our charter and set our requirements for how we wanted to select a partner, what our initial strategy was, and ultimately how we're going to prioritize and message it. So we, we let the guests really determine a, a lot of how we were going to go to market. Okay. When you uh, uh, kind of went about the program or come the process of developing a program, I know you partnered with Patronics in developing the mobile app and loyalty uh, program. Can you tell us about kind of how the process worked, uh, what you liked, what you didn't like, and kind of how it's going? Yeah, absolutely. So um, again, full transparency, I've, I've had limited experience in launching rewards programs in mobile apps. So I, I was given a great opportunity here. Um, and one of the benefits is I got to just ingest everything that the industry had to share in terms of pros and cons. Um, and being a, you know, a close follower, we weren't the first to launch a mobile app in the QSR space by any means. So we were able to kind of pick and choose um, the best and worst of all the, the apps and the providers. So long story short, we knew we had a limited budget. We knew we had a limited amount of time and we knew that we did not have the resources to go out and build something on our own. Um, so that immediately starts to dwindle down the available providers, right? So we, we, knew, we knew we would want to innovate long-term, but short-term, we need a white label solution. We need somebody with a proven track record that had integrated with large national brands. Um, and we needed somebody who could, frankly, deliver us a pretty well-made rewards program that we didn't have to go out and create on our own. 
Um, very few groups out there doing that at scale. You know, one of the challenges anytime you do an RFP is you're looking for that silver bullet. And I think the reality is that there's no one partner that's going to do every single thing that you want um, to, to the, you know, to a T. So uh, Patronix covered the most boxes that we, we could get checked. They showed the best, the best uh, long-term opportunity and the ability to integrate into their open APIs should we ever decide to customize. Um, but it, it took us, I would say, probably about a month and a half, two months to go through the formal RFP process. And as soon as we solidified our partnership with Patronix, uh, blown away by the level of account management and the number of people they put on our account and just the support they provided on what I would call an extremely tight timeline. That's awesome. Uh, emotional loyalty is a, a big topic of discussion to very interest for uh, brands who are running customer loyalty programs and also uh, you know, members of Loyalty360. And what does emotional loyalty mean to you and to your brand? Uh, sorry, emotional loyalty? Yeah, sorry. Um, gosh, that's a great question. Um, emotional loyalty for us is really about just these these. these hardcore fanatics for it. I think our brand in general has this already kind of emotional cult following as it is. And so there's, we, we have a bit of a benefit there. Uh, but for us, it's about, it's tapping into that, that consumer experience of those people that are just fanatics for us and, and creating a space where they feel like they're rewarded. So like one of our emotional, we, our, our marketing is intended to be emotional in nature. And, and uh, one of the big catchphrases that we've come up with is like, hey, we exist to reward the hardworking and underserved. So we know that the people that are engaging and loving in our brand, just they, they want to feel rewarded. They come to us as kind of that cheat meal. Um, so we try to make it emotional. We try to make it craveable. We try to make it over the top. Uh, and for us, if we can win that guest, the, the advocacy and the recruiting that happens to get people into the brand, is it, it pays for itself. Okay. Um, do your members have kind of an emotional or kind of passion connection to your brand and, and, and you know, if they do, do you think these emotional connect connections kind of help your customer loyalty efforts? Because sometimes it can be kind of a benefit. Sometimes it can, can be a bane as well, depending on kind of where you are and who you are. It can kind of vary a little bit. Yeah. And, and honestly, especially in a lot of the markets that we're in, we tend to be in, in more urban areas. Our, our guests, um, we have two very specific guests. One is typically more value driven and the other one is more crave and indulgence driven. Um, and when you have a value-driven guest and you're not creating a great experience, that's a very significant hit to the pocketbook uh, for the guests that might be coming for us. So um, again, yeah, to your point, it's great when it's great and we really nail it. And we have this tried and true, especially social following people that will defend our famous season fries until uh, they die. But boy, do we hear it, um, especially on the e-commerce side or the loyalty side of somebody that we really let down, that was their last five bucks in their pocket, uh, or they really needed to go feed the family. And instead of creating an easier path to purchase, we, we overcomplicated their experience. So again, when we looked at the loyalty program, when we look at these integrations, we literally lead with, does it make the guest's experience easier? Does it solve a problem that they might have? And that's kind of how we try to address that emotional piece. Okay, great. When you look at uh, customers, customers are obviously changing. They were changing before COVID and, and coming through COVID there, they're changing the more Obviously, you mentioned kind of the, the mobile commerce and what that was able to do to drive some revenue, very impactful. You know, how do you see your customers changing? Sounds like you have a great handle on them, very value driven, uh, maybe not the most upscale, upscale client, but still very, very laser focused on you know, providing great customer experience. You know, how are your customers changing and, and how are you adapting to that change? Yeah, I think, you know, we, one of the benefits that we saw was we got 
an increase of guests that maybe were trading down from fast casual uh, during the pandemic. They still had, you know, extra income, but they weren't quite willing to spend all of that on that higher check value. So we saw a lot of trade down there. So one of the biggest things that we saw over the last year was a larger bifurcation between what we would call our premium guests and our value-driven guests. Um, and we're starting to really tailor our marketing to those folks. So, um, for example, a premium guest might be more interested in that indulgent, craveable item, willing to spend a little more for flavor because it's a treat um, versus are your value-driven guests. You know, you got your check possibly at the beginning of the month. You're, you're tight on money at the end of the month. I need your two for five deals. I need your two for four deals. So we've really tailored our marketing calendar to support that type of, of guest and that bifurcation. Um, I think historically, if you look back, it was typically more just value. But as we get smarter about our marketing, um, now that we have more channels to market directly, we're starting to create two distinct paths um, and then just continue to learn. I think right now it's really difficult to tell what the long-term guests will look like, um, but we're certainly trying to adapt in real time. Okay. How are you measuring the, uh, the efficacy, the success of your customer loyalty efforts? And what KPIs do you and your teams like, look at? And are there KPIs out there that, that you may not be looking at that you may want to look at? Yeah, so we right now we've broken it down into short-term and long-term goals. So short-term, kind of the immediate, um, sorry for the lack of a better word, the sexy things to look at are, you know, your app downloads and total number of guests that have opted into your program. Um, so those are two very... Um, you know, KPIs that we watch daily. Long-term, our KPI is penetration of check. Um, I don't care if you have 300, 600, 900,000 people in your loyalty program, if they're not frequent users or active users, it's kind of an arbitrary number. So once we get to scale, we'll be mani maniacally focused on how many checks go through our system that can be tied back to a rewards account. So we refer to that as, as a check penetration. Okay, interesting. What's the next big thing for customer loyalty in your industry, customer experience, customer loyalty? Oh, man. Um, honestly, where we're kind of hedging a lot of our bets is, is how do you use the customer loyalty data to create a more personalized kind of omni-channel experience? Um, we're starting to really scrape the surface of that. I don't know that we have nailed any of it quite yet. But for example, if you visit my website, think of it like an Amazon experience. You go to checkers and rallies, you log in. How do I automatically populate a personalized dashboard for you? How do I make that your unique website that serves your past orders, your favorite menu items, and basically takes all of your transaction history to suggestively sell and create a great personalized experience? Um, <clears throat> moreover than that, how do we take that information and inject that information into our paid media strategy? Um, how do we target you with, with information that's relevant to you and the messaging that's relevant to you? So we look at loyalty as a means not only to drive sales, but to collect additional guest data so we can just get smarter about how we market to people. Um, and we're, we're big believers that personalization isn't necessarily the goal of everything we do. I think you'll go crazy if you try to personalize every single component of your program. But we do view personalization as a mechanism to drive those sales as kind of a means to an end rather than the end goal. Okay. How is your brand different from your competitors? Uh, are you seeing kind of similar customer experience, customer loyalty, personalization efforts with the, the competitive set? Um, and if so, what are they doing? If not, you know, how, what are you doing differently? Yeah, so the, that's a great question. So as part of our survey, when we did all of the consumer insights, um, the top three things that a guest required of us, and this is mostly because of the other brands that they were using, was I want access to coupons. I want to know that I'm getting rewarded for all the money I spend 
and I want easier ordering functionality, which we bundled as e-commerce um, order ahead and delivery. I think a lot of what you see in our competitive set is a really big focus on couponing in general. If you go into, I won't name them, I, I suppose, uh, but if you go into some of the competitive apps, um, it, it tends to feel more like a coupon book. And I think that probably serves a purpose for that particular guest. If they're going to, if they're going to go to McDonald's, they're automatically going to go in here and it's like clipping coupons. <clears throat> for us, we're trying to make it more incentive based on behavior. We're going to give you access to exclusive deals. We're not going to necessarily give you a coupon book. We're going to give you things that you think are relevant based on your purchase behavior. Uh, and we're going to reward you. And I think one of the differentiating things about our rewards are once you hit the rewards threshold, we're just, we're going to give you five bucks. You can go spend it literally on anything you want. We're not going to restrict you on the menu items. We're not going to restrict you on um, the way that you can order it. It's truly about empowering the guests to feel like they're in control. And that was a really big emotional connection that we heard from our guests. Okay, great. And the last question I have for you, uh, somewhat self-serving, what can Loyalty360 do you know, as a, a trade association for the industry to, to help you in your customer loyalty journey? Oh, man. Um, you know, I think greater transparency just among the industry on, on how people are approaching loyalty. I think there's we constantly hear from our leadership team like, oh, what is what is so-and-so doing? How is so-and-so approaching it? And I don't know that that emulating or mirroring or mimicking other brands is really a successful way to go about making your own individually successful program. So I think transparency and just in like how people are doing point structures and in a more open forum on, on how people are approaching loyalty, but then encouraging people to, hey, figure out what works best for your brand and sharing any consumer research that you have just on, you know, what do people expect from loyalty programs? Uh, what's working, what's not working? Um, and, and just defining sex, success differently. Because I think everyone looks at your Starbucks of the world, your Domino's, and the reality is you can't, not everyone can do that. Or yeah, absolutely right. Good. And that's one of the things that we try to do, you know, in the member community, share a lot of uh, kind of member to member. The brands are pretty open. We do a little bit of consumer research, but uh, I think that was some great feedback. Yeah. But I think this was, this was very interesting, Josh. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, great to learn more about rallies and, and checkers and what you guys are doing. And, and uh, it was great to hear you were able to bring up the, the loyalty program in the mobile app in such a timely manner. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity to chat with you guys. Absolutely.